Bikinis, drums, drums, bikinis. Yeah. Well, it always makes me think of Thomas Aquinas. He, in a typically Aristotelian pluralist formulation, stated that there are three requirements for beauty. Firstly, integrity or perfection, for if something is impaired, then it is ugly. Then there is due proportion or consonance. And thirdly, clarity, whence things that are brightly colored are called beautiful. You don't agree? has never been here. Gallotry is all about perception, especially at this time of year, and perception can be, well, a thing. If a tree falls in the woods, would it be perfect, well-proportioned, clear, like an EU-regulation banana, a drug-resistant superbug, or a bikini drum-off on the beach? <laughs> Would it be... beautiful? One man's falling tree is another man's French fish. There are no hard and fast rules about subjectivity, ambiguity, or beauty. A monkey might perceive this falling tree in a different light to you or me. But why is this monkey so damned important? Let's consider what the Planet of the Apes film director Tim Burton would think. Well, did he think his wife, Helena Bonham Carter, was beautiful? Did he cast her as a monkey? Did he film her in the woods? Did he spend millions on makeup to hide this perceived beauty? Yes, he did. Why? When he could have saved himself a fortune in makeup and special effects by simply getting Gail from Coronation Street to play the part. Aquinas might have fancied Helena Bonham Carter, or he might have done what Tim Burton did and cover her perceived beauty in a perfect, well-proportioned and colourful rubber mask to make her a monkey honey. Perhaps he just wanted a quiet home life or an inexpensive divorce. We may never know. What would our investigator, Jack Hitt, have done? What would you have done? You are both wandering around Gallatry with no hat, following up a hunch about a reported fallen tree. 
But there is good news. We may just find out who is the most beautiful monkey here in town. According to the witness, sir, it's round here somewhere. Need a welcome to Galaxy sign. Was this report reliable, Sergeant? I mean, it doesn't sound very credible, really, does it? Are you sure this witness wasn't drunk? Well, he seemed sober enough to me. I thought we should check it out. We don't get many reports of clowns at the side of the road at night. Was it itching, Sergeant? Well, those clown cars are notoriously squeaky and unreliable. No, the witness said it was well, um, beckoning him to follow it into the darkness, sir. Oh, here we go, the sign. Bloody graffiti artist. Look at this deliberate sabotage of a publicly funded message. Welcome to Gallatry, putting the odd into podcasts. I'd string them all up if I had my way. Hang on, Chief. Have a look at the other side, sir. He stenciled a monkey on this one as well. It's pretty good, really. Eh? Damn, you are now leaving Gallatry, the town that puts ass into podcasts. Don't let the art and humour fool you, chasseur. They're just vandals with ideas. And talent, sir. Hurry up, it looks like rain. Have you got a torch, Sergeant? There you are, sir. Don't call me Arthur, Sergeant. Who's Le Chef? Eh? The Chief. Mrs Anderson wants me to learn French. Don't ask, Sergeant. It's a long story, believe me. Sorry, Chef, sir. Sergeant, look at these footprints. They're huge. Hang on, they go down into this drainage channel. Well, off you go, Sergeant. Get down there. What's that? Seems to be a load of old cardboard, sir. Oh, no. There's a body of a child under it, sir. Could it be an accident, Sergeant? An RTA, perhaps? No, sir. Look. What's that sticking out of the rear of the body, Sergeant? It's a ball sir. This child has a case of HTD. HTD? What's that when it's at home, Sergeant? Hot to death, sir. Oh, no. It's happening again, ain't it? Looks like it, sir. That's all we need. Not only a murder epidemic, but the return of the killer clown. Damn. Get it bagged up, Sergeant. Let's see what our local pathologist has got to say about it. Young sir, sir. I heard you the first time. Now get it in the van. Everyone's a bleeding comedian around here. Well, that's the last order since about eight. It was just on the turn of darkness and the streetlights began to flicker on as I walked out of the road. The rain gate crashed through the light columns like shards of broken glass and formed small rivulets of dirty water running down the pavement under my feet. Damn, I thought. I forgot my hat. I pictured it sitting on the integrated table come desk in the hotel room where I had left it earlier. I glanced back at the tall building. The only two lit up windows looked like eyes and the reception area formed a grimacing mouth like an Easter Island head staring back at me. Then, the strangest thing happened. This hotel winked back at me. I rubbed the water out of my eyes and stared back in disbelief. What? Even the damn hotel is mocking my hapless wanderings in this town. Then I saw the wink was in fact Paige at the window. She pulled the curtain aside and was standing there, smiling, holding my hat and pointing at it. She was too good for this place, I thought. 
I waved and shrugged my shoulders and turned on my heel and continued walking into town. I walked up to King Street, making my way past the idle cranes of some old building site, the bum addict's triangle garden, and the phone box slash dust of urinal towards the cock end. Well, at least we saved the professor from the care home. I will go to the museum with him tomorrow and hopefully jog his memory. But right now, hat or no hat, I needed to find this Vlado Babbage. Evening, Captain. Has Vlado been in today? Shh. I'll be with you in a minute, Mr. Hitt. Hey, what's going on? Ken's sharing his slide presentation about his holiday to the Isles. He's almost finished. Say, Mr. Hitt, what'll it be? Why not try this brew pub ale from the Brothers in Arms? What's it called? Mark Hopfler. Okay. How much? Nothing. And the crisps are free. Thanks. I didn't think much Ken's holiday just looked like photos of a supermarket. Or did I miss something? Miss something, Mr. Hitt? No. Ken often holidays in retail outlets. He just showed us the tin goods section from Tesco. Everyone is looking forward to next week. He's going to show us the world foods are Very exotic. Anyway, you're asking about Vlado. I'm not sure. I've only just come on. Reg, Reg, have you seen Vlado today? Oh, chat, mate. Did you find a professor? Yeah, he's back in the hotel with Paige. Thanks, Reg. Well, have you seen our resident crime reporter, Vlado? Yeah, he went out about an hour ago. Damn. Did he say where he would be tomorrow? He mentioned something about covering the beauty pageant. Eh? Beauty pageant? Where? Hmm, I'm not sure. Reg, pass me the copy of the Gazette, would you? It's in there somewhere. What's this? Schools warned as creepy clown sightings spread? Schools have been put on red alert after an entire class from the beginning of the end academy went missing last month. They've been missing for 21 days now. And worried residents have called on the police to crack down on the speed of clown sightings around Gallatry as they suspect the return of the killer clown in town. Killer clown? Yes. It was back in early 2015. A boy called Jimmy Corbin was found nosed and honked to death down by the old river mill. Terrible business. Do you remember that, Reg? Yeah, that's when Prentice first appeared here, weren't it? You were right, Reg. He was supposed to be some kind of executive paranormal investigator, but he ended up running the council when the mayor was away. We all thought it was strange at the time, as I recall. Perhaps it's got something to do with this killer clown business. Prentice is dead? You think he can honk from the grave or know someone to death without a head? You haven't been here very long, have you, Mr. Hitt? He brought some kind of machine with him. It's called the Shibboleth device. A machine? Yes, from Germany. Interesting. Tell me more. It was lost in the council office collapse. It was on the roof for ages, looking down on us like a metal vulture. The council was just across the road, you know. But of course, you weren't to know that now, were you, Mr. Hitt? So that building site was the council building? Indeed. It was lost during the Monk riot. Eh? Never mind. Nah, here we are. The Gallatry inaugural beauty pageant is tomorrow night at the town hall. The event, sponsored by Evil Pete's Internal Metal Fabrications Limited, has attracted contestants from all over the country and is expected to put this town back on the map for beauty and is being judged by, well, 
a renowned poet, Dr. Jonathan Clark. Uh, yada, 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 yada. Uh, hmm, this is more interesting. However, this publication has discovered that the strict entry rules were not widely publicized, and many contestants may be deemed ineligible to compete, but at this late stage, it was too late to contact them all before they arrived. Eh? What rules, Captain? Well, evil Pete likes strange stuff. The pageant could be anything that Pete finds beautiful. It could be anything, knowing evil Pete. Sounds like it could turn nasty if people don't know the rules. Perhaps that's why Vlado plans to be there. Excuse me, I better take this. Outside, if you please, Mr. Hit. We surrealists have rules too. What do we want? Dog and bone free! When do we want it? Fish! I'd better go. Something's come up. Not bad news, Mr. Hit, I hope. Kinda. The professor is dead. Came as quick as I could. What happened, Paige? Where is he? He's on the couch. He was drifting in and out of sleep, and then his breathing got real heavy, like gurgling and some such. It sounded like, well, a rattle. I went over to him, grabbed his hands, and he said to me, Well, it's the strangest thing, Jack. Go on, Paige. What did he say? I hope you like volivans, Mistress Paige. And then what? He just died. So... Nothing about the secret in the museum, then. Damn. It's worse than that, Jack. Eh? It's more? I don't care for volivons, Jack. This case is tall slap-up, I reckons. What? Not even mushroom? Well, I guess we'd better get to the museum and see if we can find whatever he was trying to remember. Here, give me your phone, Paige. What are you gonna do, Jack? Phone an ambulance? No. Let's get a photo of the tattoo on his arm. It's the only thing we gotta work on. Pull up his sleeve. There's something else I need to tell you, Jack. What? This is getting better and better. What is it, Paige? Well, when the professor rattled and died, I felt a strange feeling that we are not alone. Like a lot of people reawoke. There are many eyes watching us here, Jack, but they're all hiding, just out of sight. Like they're just waiting for us to do something. Like... Special. Well, did you try and commune with the prof after he died? You know, lay hands on him? Yes, Jack. There was nothing. He's hiding from me, like the rest. I'm blind too now, Jack. Welcome to our world, Paige. Pass me that bag from the wardrobe. What? The emergency kit bag? That's the one. Now, where's that crowbar? Good. We'll take the lot. Here we are, Paige. The Gallantry Museum. Where the past catches up with y'all. This place gives me the heebie-jeebies for sure. Now, if the prop used to live here, let's find his room. I suggest we look for a door not private. Always a good place to start, I've found, in these types of situations. Well, there's nothing much here. Looks like they cleared the whole place out. All his life spent building this place up. All those trips, artifacts, books, nothing to show for it. They even took his memories from him in the end. That possum's on the stump. What a place. That's it. I could kiss you, Paige. Eh? A possum? No, memories. That's the key. Just before you rang me, I was in the cock inn. We were reading about the beauty pageant in the paper, and the locals started remembering stuff from before the exodus. 
We were talking about Primus and some machine. Well, that's the first time anyone has remembered anything since we got here. Well, I phoned you, honey. Just after the professor had the death round. The time he died. So the prof dies. Gallatry starts to remember, and now you can't communicate with his spirit. And there are hundreds of spirits hiding and watching us, expecting something. Uh-huh. It's like Professor is the town's memory now. Hmm. If that's the case, then what is going on with Blatto, I wonder? It could be bad, Jack. Real bad. We had better find the professor's secret now. Eh? Why? There's a lot of folks counting on us. They want to know, too. And they've got a real stake here. Too many people have died for this secret. Mm, you're right. Come on, let's retrace our tracks and start again. Perhaps we missed something. Just here, Jack. Yeah, I must be here. Walk on the wall. Keep knocking. What are you playing at, Jack? Well, when we walked towards this place, I looked up. Started to become a habit since I got here. All the buildings here seem to have bases. Anyway, I noticed the museum has a tower, and we didn't see any stairs. They must be around here somewhere. Bingo! Look, this has been boarded up. Pass me the crowbar. You little carbon picker. Stairs. Come on, let's climb. Well, there's nothing much up here either. Damn, bloody place. There's a balcony, Jack. Look here, there's the door. Well, I can't see a whole lot, Jack. It's a real frog wash out here, to be sure. Hang on, there's a light switch somewhere here. Wow, Jack. This is starting to make sense. Look. The quad? I'm looking over the quad. Frost old vegetable garden. What's so important? For his famous turnip, sure. But look closer, Jack. Look at my phone. The picture of the tattoo. The square within a square. The zigzag path leading to the star. The apple tree at the end of the path, Jack. The tree is the star. So there is hope for a tree. If it be cut down, then it will sprout out again. And that tender branch thereof will never cease. Where the hell did that come from? I don't rightly know. The word Joe just came into my head. Well, I hope the spade is in the bag. Our joke now is to dig. Come on. Nice one, Paige. Thank you kindly, sir. Come on, Sergeant. Put your back in it, will you? It's only a stiff of a kid, for crying out loud. Sorry, sir. I think the murder epidemic has put me back out. I'm a copper, not a bin man, sir. When you've been in the service as long as I have, Chasseur, you'll know there ain't much difference. We just sort out the stuff that others don't want. Now, where's this local pathologist? Dyer! Dyer! Watcher, you must be Anderson. I'm Dyer. <laughs> Sorry, Dr. Danny Dyer, pathologist. Nice one, Beeps. So who is he pretending to be, then? Yeah, an ape. Mm. Right, let's get down to business, shall we? We've got another one for you. Chasseur, show him the body. We think this is the work of an old friend of ours, the killer clown. <laughs> Interesting. Binks reckons that this child has been on to death. No diggity. <laughs> What's so funny then, Monsieur Sange? Don't mind Binks, Chief. He likes it, not that's all. 
Just seems strange coming from the filth, that's all. <laughs> Sorry, uh, police officer. What's a sange anyway? A monkey. Didn't you do any French at medical school then, Dyer? <laughs> of course I did, Chief. Have a look at this body. See the mince pies here? Look at the tache noir. The black spot. See the reddish brown strip that's formed across the eyeball? During the life, the minces are kept moist by blinking. A protection no longer afforded, now he's brown red. Very well. Take a special look at this body, Doctor. I'll send you some old reports from the Corbin case from 2015. I want to know if this is the work of the same killer clown. I want to see if there's a pattern, as you haven't managed to come up with her much else so far. <laughs> uh, but we have. Um, I have, Chief. You just didn't ask, that's all. Let me explain. Right, we've got 130 bodies down here. And... <laughs> Sorry, Beats. 131, and we've had several different MOs going on. For a start, have a butcher's at this one. See, cabbie murder. We've got 20 of these or so. And this one are multitasker shopping murders. Same MO, there's 37 of them. And there's recruitment consultants, estate agents and whatnot. What about the librarians, Doctor? <laughs> what about them? Why are you so interested in them? There's only two of them. Never you mind. Never you mind. Have you found out anything else since your last update? <laughs> I know, Biggs. No. No update. I'm just waiting on the DNA analysis that I found on the semen in her. Well, nothing more than I told you and those Yank investigators, Chief. Ooh, what? It's been here. What did you tell him? The telephone called M.O. That's all, Chief. I thought he was working with you. Done. Did you tell him anything else about his semen and the DNA? <laughs> nah, nothing much. I can't right remember now. You trying to keep this all hush-hush, Chief? Something like that, Doctor. Tell me. Isn't it a little unusual for a pathologist to have a monkey as a work colleague? A monkey in a baseball cap and paint on his paws? Not where we come from, Chief. Completely normal as straight as a die ass. Ain't that right, Biggs? <laughs> I'm watching you die. From now on, tell no one but me anything about our body count down here. Understand? Uh, tell her nothing. We understand. It's clear as bat's piss, Chief. <laughs> So the prop buried something in this box. Now we're out of the rain, let's open it up, shall we? It's his pocketbook. It's one of those expensive ones with the elastic on it to keep it shut. Moleskin. It's French, honey. Damn. What would these French think of next? Feels just like elastic. No, honey. The books are cool, Moleskin, Jack. Well, you can't really blame me, can you, Paige? You're always banging on about... Possums and polecats and the like. True, honey. Let's have a look, shall we? Well, it's not a diary. Or really a journal. It's like some kind of description of a, well, a dream. Here we go. Page one. When I first had the dream, I can't remember exactly when. But that night, I woke again and again thinking about the same thing. It was so vivid, and when I finally had enough and got up, I was compelled to write it all down. It was on a piece of paper that I left on the side, and I went out for the day. I spent all day thinking about a piece of paper and I was on it. I turned it over and over in my mind, that paper in my hand, trying to make sense of what was written on it, the content of my dream. I couldn't wait to get back to the museum to find the piece of paper and make sense of it, understand it. 
I remembered I hurried back with purpose. I could think of nothing else. It was consuming me already. The piece of paper simply read the word Davaros. Bloody hell, I thought. Was that all? It was a word I'd never heard before. Could it be a name? A place? What language was it? If indeed it was a language. I then spent weeks going through the books. Sumerian, Iberian, Latin, nothing. Goes on for pages and pages with everything he tried. Why didn't he just try the internet, honey? Because he's a bloody professor, that's why. Why not skip to the end and work backwards, Jack? Always a good place to start, i found in these types of situations. Okay, this is the last bit. <sighs> so I finally thought it could be a cipher or some such. So I laid out the letters with fridge magnets on the fridge, two by two in a column, a square. Then I thought it could be the letters, not a word. So I laid them out in a circle and began to work out anagrams. They didn't make much sense. I found save a rod, which made little sense, and another which felt, well, was right. Well proportioned, clear, and beautiful. It was the word desavara. It looked Spanish, so I looked it up, as I didn't recognize it. Desavara is the same verb in Spanish and Portuguese. Well, what does it mean, Jack? To spawn. So, what do you think he meant by that, honey? Well, that's it. The last sentence. To spawn. Hang on. There's more. Note to self. Get milk. Bloody professor. It hardly helps, does it? Well, he meant for someone to find out. For us to find out. What? Did he run out of milk? Hmm. Come on, Jack. Let's go down to the bar and have a drink. Have a drink to the professor. May he rest in peace. Thank you, Eustace. Now we have the judge's decision of the inaugural Galactry Beautiful Monkey Pageant, sponsored by Evil Pete's Infernal Metal Fabrications Limited. Sorry, Evil Pets Infernal Metal Fabrications Limited. He lost a finger in the grinder. Anyway, the judges spoke and will now give you the results. Over to you, Dr. Johnny Clark. Don't know about you, but I bet on Gail from Coro. Ta! Ladies and gentlemen, this one's called the Anti-Beauty Pageant. You must have shagged around your local stomping ground to get this far the final round at the Galaxy Beauty Pageant. You've done your homework like a sexy Michael Burke and gave the judge a private twerk for the Galactry Beauty pageant. You must have bust the casting couch, got something hot in your mouth and came all the way down here, down south, for the Galactry Beauty pageant. First you read a wife arrive, your neckline soon nosedive and your perky breaths contrive to win the Galactry Beauty pageant. Your brassy smile allures, the flash of knicker ensures that the judge's eye secured at the Galactry Beauty pageant. You bet that working with them kids and wanting world peace outbids all the other entrance dibs to the Galactry Beauty pageant. But this is Galactry, my dear, where ugly concepts and fear are as clear as your makeup veneer at this town's beauty pageant. We all knew well in advance you simply hadn't a chance, simply not similar at a glance for the Galactry Beauty pageant. Take your bloody bikini home, catch a monkey strain syndrome and wait by your telephone if you want an invite to next year's anti-beauty pageant.
And so our investigator, Jack Hitt, seemingly has hit a brick wall. That's all. And so what of our other mystery here in Gallotree? What of Vlado Babich on our patch? What of the killer clown here in town? And what of the beauty contest to Jack's quest? We gave Aquinas something more to consider about beauty, as he is now tarred and feathered and left in a ditch near to the Welcome to Gallotree sign on the edge of town. Even the graffiti helped him to understand about beauty here. The perception is personal, different, and everyone's own private kingdom, our own falling tree in the woods. It is not the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost of Aquinas' beauty trinity. It's also not the mass media version of events that has as much to do with beauty as a glory hole has to love, a tramp street fight has to justice, or a teenager's unexplained suicide has to friendship. A fluorescent scorpion in the moonlight, a crow picking moss from a gutter, a cyclone aflame from a bonfire, a face in a building, a pattern in a series of letters, or a dead professor's dream are just as beautiful. You just have to live here for a while to really get the idea, and then the bikini is optional. Why do I always hear drums when I say the word bikini? Listening to Gallantry, a community-funded local radio station. I'm Adam Ardvark. Max couldn't be around at the end of the show. He often needs to lie down in a darkened room and sort of, well, convalesce. If you enjoyed today's show and want to know more or simply express a simple and not very cogent opinion, then email us at welcometogallantry at gmail.com. You can tell us what you think, although we might already know what you think. Or failing that, if you genuinely have no idea we can helpfully provide some new ideas that you can call your very own. Ideas that you can share with your friends and family and become a much more interesting and likable person, if only to yourself. This has been a Gallatry Entertainment broadcast recorded in a haunted pub in Gallatry. No, honestly, voices appeared on the recordings that we later had to edit out. I think we got them all, but who's to know for sure? Anyway, Gallatry is performed by Max Black, written and recorded by Max Black and Adam Ardberg, is copyright Gallatry Productions 2016. Thanks for listening. But remember, on your next journey home, Gallatry may be just around the corner.
several ribs broken and uh, eventually she was... Thank you, Eustace.